0: You're listening to the Hotel Moment Podcast.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Hotel Moment Deep Dive on the hospitality staffing crisis. And uh, we're extremely excited to have an incredible panel with us of hospitality professionals with 50 plus years of experience all put together We're all at different vantage points, different locations in the country, and there's a great diversity that will help inform and educate everybody on exactly what's happening on the front lines and, of course, at the the larger level in the hospitality industry in the crisis around hiring the right staff and taking care of the, the guests that are coming back in this accelerated travel recovery. So with us today, we've got a great panel, and I'll just go through and introduce Everybody here, we have Melissa De Bueno with Project Save Hospitality. We've got David Dickinson with Ambridge Hospitality. We've got JD Bryant with Choice Hotels. And we also have Peter Ricci with the Florida Atlantic University. I'm Raj Singh, I'm CEO at GoMoment. We're a guest engagement platform and we have the privilege and the honor of working with incredible companies like Choice Hotels and many others that gives us this unique vantage point into how guests are behaving. What kind of service gaps are uh, currently existing? And of course, what role technology, automation, and artificial intelligence may play uh, in the future of this industry that we love so much? So moving the conversation forward, I think, Peter, I'd love to to understand a little bit more. You have 80,000 participants, if I'm not mistaken, on... Uh, that survey that you did and the, the folks kind of indicating even early on that the, the pandemic had changed the way they were looking at employment, especially in the hotel industry. We're certainly seeing a lot of other unrelated factors like Chipotle, for example, raising their minimum wage to $15 an hour and providing a three-year track for folks to get to a management position and a $100,000 salary. Certainly every hotel now has to compete for the same talent with folks like Chipotle and other restaurant and other hospitality businesses that are not lodging oriented. So I'd love to understand from your perspective, what did you see? What were the responses? What is the data telling uh, us about the, the talent pool right now?
0: Well, because I've been in the industry so long, my job, my the biggest chunk of my career path, I've done incentives and hotels and food and beverage when I was young, but the biggest chunk was in hotel management. So there were many hotels I took over that we were going to renovate and we furloughed the staff or we were opening new ones and we got delayed, so they were temporary. So when the pandemic started really becoming something that was real, I knew we'd be furloughing and laying off people and needed to keep them engaged. So I reached out to our own group of employer post jobs with us and they all said, yes, we'll be laying off this month, please do something. So we took the content of our existing face-to-face certificate, which was about 40 hours, we shrunk it to 15 and we put it online and we sent it out. Never knowing that we would get so many people interested, but it went viral because nobody had anything to do. They were home, the kids weren't back in school yet. There was still some time where they weren't going to school. So hospitality people can't sit idle. So they all started telling everybody else about the certificate. And in the end we had, I don't know, in the free one, something like 77 or 78,000 people register of which almost 65,000 of them fully completed, which was really, to me, the best part. A lot of people registered and weren't even in hospitality. They didn't know what they were getting into, but it was so wild, like wildfire. So after the popularity of that, we took our regular certificate that we'd all, always charged money for of 40 hours. We put that online, and we still have over three or 4,000 people in that right now. So along the way people felt a connection to me and the faculty and the people that were interviewed in the videos, and they just started emailing me. And they, I started realizing their themes in their message were, they felt very betrayed by the hospitality business. And I'm old enough to realize that in the 70s, when we had the gas crisis, kind of reminiscent of this week, everybody thought the roadside hotels were going to come fast and then go away because people mm-hmm. wouldn't travel by car anymore. There was a crisis. And then in the 80s, the IRS changed the tax rules and it was less less sexy and beneficial to entertain in restaurants and hotels. So hotels thought they were going to have a big loss there. And then came Persian Gulf War and 9-11 and everything else. Well, every time we've had a crisis, we rebound by an infusion of some technology and a staff reduction. And this has gone on for 40 years now, to the point when the pandemic hit, my theory is that people in hospitality had never been completely severed from the workplace with time to reflect and think. And when they did, they said, oh my goodness, my neighbor works less than me and makes more. He has better benefits across the street. Oh, my uncle does this. Oh, I can drive for Uber three days and make as much as I was working five days as a room attendant. And the comments started flooding and flooding. So I went to my faculty in the fall and I said, listen, let's put together a research project. We sent it out, we got about 4,500 responses. I think 4,100 or something like that were fully usable. And the story was exactly that. They feel betrayed. Now you see in the news that revenues are higher in some places than 2019. That stock values have already come back Well, the employees feel like they just pushed aside. And we have many that worked for decades in this business that have just clearly said, I'm not coming back. I'm going to do something else. So commend In-N-Out Burgers and Chipotle for starting the trend of improving because some of the biggest comments are there is no career path. And I don't make money at the entry level compared to my friends. So that's a, that's a starting point. But
1: you got a panel. I could talk about this forever. I think your comment around uh, the career path is definitely uh, really well received and something that uh, I'm sure a lot of us can resonate with on, on that side, especially at the front line, at the individual property level. Mm-hmm. Of course, the brands have a different kind of corporate structure and a different kind of path there. But I do agree. I think that's something that we also saw from our vantage point at Go Moment is that uh, a lot of hoteliers and hotel workers have been engaged in this 24-7, 365 game of, of course, providing excellent service. And they really take a lot of pride in it. And that has been the fuel for talent to show up every day with a smile on their face, excited to greet guests and provide great service. And the pandemic did provide this pause to say, okay, well, how am I doing relative to my neighbors, my peers, and others? And it does seem like there was some disparity there. Melissa, I I saw you nodding your head. I'd love to hear what has been your perspective uh, relative to to David comments.
2: So it's funny, mm-hmm. it's not people are not coming back to the right positions. So you're not hiring directors of sales anymore, you're doing area directors of sales. That's fine. I get it if it's in the same position and the same yeah. area, but with that position. But then let's talk about front desk agents who have to rear the breath of OTA guests that have to be serviced in a different manner.
3: I think we're especially with technology kind of catching up now. We're starting to see kiosk where you can check yourself in. Or you had the automatic, like if Marriott has where you can download, you don't even need to talk to the front desk. So the spur of technology may alleviate the demand we have on the people right now. Because I imagine probably five to 10 years now, you're probably not, you're going to have a hybrid front desk with a kiosk because kiosk you spend, you, you do the upfront capital, of, let's say $25,000. That's about roughly what you pay a front desk person a year, but they never call in. They're they're just there and you hit a button, you get a key you that's how it goes. I know you're. We're taking. That's sort of taking the hospitality out of the being in this field. But and
0: yeah. what we've done is given them a chance. Like Raj said at the beginning, a pause. I like how you said it. We had a pause where we could see what our friends and family and neighbors were doing and what they were earning and how they were treated and what their benefits were. There is a middle ground. It's just, we need to work. And I, I, I don't know the, what that answer
4: Choice corporately It's providing the support to our franchisees <clears throat> to go out and recruit, <clears throat> but it's up to the hotels to make it the environment the employees want to be at. Right. Have to have the proper onboarding, the proper training, where they feel proud to be there, proud to put on the badge and then treat them well, pay them well and treat them well so that they're your advocate. They should be your recruitment team in the local market. It's a, it's it's, a great
1: point. But I think going back to what David had mentioned, there was a lot of potential overstaffing that had happened during the run-up, right? Up to 2019, we were in this incredible 10-year kind of uh, bull market where you know supply was going up, inventory was going up, staffing was going up. And I think that our age old model in the industry has been Well, we need more help, so let's throw people at the problem, rather than really analyzing the problem from a first principles perspective and uh, really making sure. So is it really the breakfast that is getting people in here, or are we just adding bacon because we want to one-up the hotel around the corner, right? And I think that what guests are telling us over and over is that they want a great lodging experience. More and more, one of the things that we're seeing out there from our vantage point is that human intervention, human interaction is desired by some guests in some instances, but by and large, if I can do something with a text or I can do something in an app, rather than talking to a person, Millennials, who are the largest traveling portion of the market at this point, prefer that and they are going to prefer and that trend is not going backwards, it's only going to get more and more digitized. So yeah, definitely agree with a lot of the points that we heard as far as taking a snapshot of the problem as it exists. I think to JD's point, not only do we need to recognize and train and support every employee, but also compensate them in a way that is going to make them want to stay. Because if you're, yeah, go ahead, JD.
4: I'm sorry, dude. I don't ever want to be the fifth person in line at the front desk again. Right. If there is automation to help me through that, I'm an early adopter and that market right. is is changing entirely down to the employees <clears throat> and, and provide those assets to them to help them. Exactly. And
1: just as the yeah. guest doesn't want to be standing behind four people to check in, the staff need more help they need assistance they need automation to make them able to do more and i think what another thing that i heard from everybody's points here just to recap is that it used to be that a front desk person was only a front desk person and they were helping with check-in they were helping with a few uh, different tasks there but with this hybrid position that we were talking about with david physical location matters less today physical location no longer matters as much which means that front desk person if they are aided by a kiosk if they're aided by text messaging or some other kind of automation that can process the check-in when they're not right behind the front, then it really changes the game for us because that hybrid position means one person can be more effective and they can actually do a lot of different things. But of course, speaking for all the thousands of front desk agents and frontline staff that use our platform, if one more time somebody says, do more with less, I'm going to throw one of these books at them because (laughs) I know we're all tired of hearing that. And it is not just about Yay! working harder; it's about working smarter. So, yeah, um, I think, right. with that said, as we enter the the final minutes of this discussion, which is you know has been phenomenal so far, I'd love to uh, pose this question to the panel about: Let's fast forward to twenty twenty five, right? Let's say that this you know bear market has ended. From a travel perspective, we're getting back into the bull market. We're getting back into rising demand and and the revenge travel, the revenge spending that we're already seeing the first little bit of starts to become more of a thing, and it's fully taken hold. So in the year 2025, what is the scenario that you personally see where hotels have figured out this problem? What does that hotel of the future look like, and, and how do we pull that future forward? So anybody want to go first on that?
3: I think the rise of technology, because product, productivity has increased with the labor market, Peter brought up, from the 70s and gone up. Now hotels require more capital to open up compared to what they need back in the '70s. Because when I first started in hotels, we used the bucket. We got rid of the buckets, the bucket check. Now you do everything on a computer. Night audit used to be a long, ten, like a long process where you had to balance books. Now you got a computer system that does that for you. So I think that with the aid of technology. We are going to see the kiosk. We're going to see some different devices that would help speed up cleaning rooms. There, I mean, this is just a random hotel in Japan. It's fully automated with only one person on staff, and that's a guy who's just there to fix machines. Rooms are cleaned by a machine. It basically, um, you're checked in with a, a mechanical T-Rex with a bell cap on its head. I've seen that. <laughs> it's, it's, Technology is going to change Dad. us. You're going to see less staff needed but for ownerships or people looking to get into hosp- or opening hotels we're going to see more capital needed per hotel so we may see a grow a, a slow in growth of new hotels but i think either ownerships will start investing more technology into their existing properties because they have that that impression to kind of grow from there because you know, this pandemic kind of shows that we need to, we got to learn how to do more with less, but, you know, at the same time, we can't uh, simply use and abuse people like their capital or commodity. We are living, mm-hmm. grieving creatures and we want to feel appreciative. Like I can't imagine checking someone, I'm born in 88, I can't imagine checking someone in the 80s because you had to use pen and paper and I barely know how to write on using pen and paper. On my handwriting's atrocious. I can't <laughs> imagine trying to do that to someone else. So as technology grows, I think we're going to see the amount of people needed for hotels decrease, but I'm hoping the quality of life per each employee will increase. It's just, I think we're kind of where everyone from ownership down to the employees are seeing that with the pandemic, because I know halfway through, I was looking to get out of the industry as myself.
4: Now, David, were you born in a hotel? Because you were born (laughs) in 88, and you know about what a bucket is. That's crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) Sorry, Melissa, you wanted to go.
2: (laughs) I can't stop laughing now. You
4: can't. (laughs) You know,
0: Raj, when when you say the hotel at 2025, I think we can get there sooner. And again, I don't like to focus only on the hotels, but that's our example. To me, you'll be paying better than the market. You don't have to pay $100,000 for an entry-level person. It's not realistic for your profit margin. We're in business. But you need to be paying better than your peers. You need to have better benefits. I can't tell you how many employees in our business have zero benefits because they're too costly. So you need to rework your margins so that you are appreciated as a human being. And if you have a spouse, significant other, or kids, you can get care if you need to go to the doctor. So we need to be paying a little better than our peers, invest some money in benefits more than we've done now, but cut, cut, cut has been the answer for the past decade on benefits. And then infuse technology where it's appropriate to eliminate excessive staff Mm -hmm. where you don't need it and improve the guest experience. You can do both with many kinds of technology. So it's not really rocket science. I just think it's a matter of conversation and sitting with the owners and reworking things. And I hate to say it, but I see the next two years of a lot of inflation and price increases because as every business has started opening, it's already uh, moving. So the hotel of 2025, pay better than your peers, have better work-life balance than you've had historically. Be a great employer in the community. So like JD said, they want to come and work for you and have some benefits that make sense
2: but too, i i get what you guys are saying let's talk about this 2025 things. i think the hotel i think you'll see the higher end luxury boutique hotels aren't going to always go automated i think it's going to be per hotel and it's going to be per traveler you're going to go to a spring hill suites and you have automated service that's fine for that demographic i think it's going to like you said like the, the guests will allow you what your capabilities are but i think it's those special detail touches that you put into it that are going to break apart hotels so general managers really have to step up to the plate and say, hey, listen, we're saving $200,000 on labor this year. Let's spend $50,000 on a guest experience of some sort. And that's where I think it's going to bring, it's going to separate the good and the bad and the people who really care and the people who really don't care about the, the industry. And those are going to be the hotels that succeed and the ones that don't, the ones that have the fun culture. And it is fun to work there, even though you have a kiosk checking you in and then and it ran correctly.
4: I think short term and long term, talk about 2025 in a second. Short term is the people that were in the industry are gone. They're driving Ubers, they're working for Amazon, great benefits. They're now working for Chipotle. There's a management track. Mm-hmm. Their skill set they realized is applicable in a lot of different places, not just hospitality. Mm-hmm. And and that's for line level employees and mid management as well, because they've had to pivot into other income producing and quality of the positions out there. And the world changed on where the demand for employees were and line employees are, are now at call centers and multilingual employees are on the phones and handling specialized calls, et cetera. So there's been a lot of movement out. There has to be a lot of work to get them back in, feeling welcome and respected. Like we try to do with Choice, not to sound like a company guy, but I'm very impressed with Choice, my 35 years and how they treat their people. And they have that retention rate based on that. Hotel of 2025, to Melissa's point, is going to be operating much more efficiently. It's going to be operating with much more staff, but it's also going to be providing a higher level of service, in my opinion. And it's going to vary based on the category of the hotel. If I'm going to a five-star hotel and I'm fourth in line, and I know Peter, your recent story about that, I'm going to be livid. If I'm at a mid-scale hotel and you know what, I don't want to see anybody. I did everything on my phone. I'll wave hello. If they're there, I know they're there to help me if I need the help. So that's going to, there's going to be a lot more technology to help The hotels operate more efficiently based on the effects of this on balance sheets going forward, but it has to be a balance because if you're not providing the level of service a customer expects at the price point they're paying, then you're losing that customer for life.
2: You're losing business for sure.
3: Well, I mean, we also got to just looking ahead is I think a lot of companies realizing Zoom exploded onto the scene, Zoom, these programs now where you can do video conferencing, it may reduce the need for mm-hmm. travel, so in yep. 2025, travel may be down, and we may not be seeing that same business. Like you said, for a year on one of my properties, I didn't, I didn't lose a beat because I had a bunch of guys who were working on construction; they couldn't, it's something they couldn't do a zoom over. <laughs> and then you got businesses where, and
4: that'll you know, always exist.
3: It's I didn't say travel. I'm just saying there's. With the advancement of technology, like I said, Zoom just kind of exploded onto the scene last year. Uh, So it's, we may see decline in business travel, while we may see a rise in leisure travel, just because people... uh, Conventions are
4: coming back. They're coming back strong for for late this year, early next year. But it's going to be the uh, business traveler, the more upscale conference center facilities that will struggle the most with the return of guests. But we're here to talk about employees and use the resources you have. Your employees are your best recruiters. Make the example. Yeah, David,
1: I, I know that you've had an open job requisition and saw fewer candidates than you were actually expecting. Can you elaborate on that part as well?
3: Yeah, all my years working in hotels or, you know, even hiring for me, front desk position in my market is one that okay, it's very desired like i would post a job in a week i'll have 20 applicants i can call 10 of them and i'll get six seven of them show up i recently had a position posted and it took me a month to fulfill because i've only had four applicants that's uh, the
0: norm that's the norm that's what's going on right now The people are bailing the industry that's our that's our whole point they're not interested yeah yeah
2: they're, they're
0: not interested well the Y level is- you know It's being a front desk agent is no longer a fun, interesting thing when, especially when you're home getting stimulus and unemployment. That won't even be a consideration until the fall.
3: I'd rather just stay at home and, but it's not even getting that interest. And then the people who are simply who do apply don't answer their phones or if they do answer, oh, yeah, I'll be there. And then they never show up. And there's sure. Yeah. And it's, I, I, well, there's, Oh, there's, more
2: options for, there's more options for line level people to transfer yeah. out of the industry than there is for directors of sales
0: or GMs. I'm telling you, the change maker, whoever steps up to the plate and says, we have listened, here are our new staffing guidelines, here is our new pay rate, and here are the new and improved benefits, come try us as the leader in hospitality. Mm-hmm. They're gonna win. I'm just waiting for someone to step up. Yeah, I'm waiting. I,
4: I wish I'm we waiting. were in a position to do that, but without owning or operating, all we can do is give the best advice to our own. But
0: you might have owners who step up. That yeah. They'll yeah. Be yeah. we're try-
4: We're pushing yeah. it. You know, and there are yeah. some.
0: Yeah. I rarely enjoy getting older, but this time I was able to look <laughs> back and say, "Wow, this is what has happened. This yeah. is what has mm-hmm. happened over the- each crisis. We've cut, cut, cut to the point of." okay, I'm not going to work for months. I have time to think. And okay, now I know what's out there. So it's very weird. I think Raj said the most important ingredient that's missing to young people or middle-aged people or anybody is a career path. If Mm -hmm. Chipotle says not, we're going to start you here. But if you are interested and you succeed, you can go here. Not everybody wants to go there. But if there's a path, we have always lacked a path in this business. We all fall into the jobs, we fall into what we do and there is no no path and that's a biggie that keeps getting mentioned. So Raj was right on it. Yeah. I haven't seen that 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 plan. I knew they raised their wages, but I didn't see their path plan. Yeah. But, uh...
3: Well, yeah, go ahead. Then. The restaurant industry kind of is always a step ahead of everyone on when it comes to like the the kiosks started with restaurants, and then these benefits start with restaurants. I think restaurants are quicker to act because there's a lot more of them than there are of hotels, and the sleeping giant. But we are the sleeping giant in hospitality. We are slow to react, and then whatever we do, one brand copies another brand, copies another brand, and copies another brand. So we're all selling the same breakfast. We're just calling it a different thing. Well restaurant, their profit margins are really small. I think it's between one and 3%. I think unfortunately they are going to dictate what we do next. And that's just, and it's very odd for us as an industry to be dictated by another industry's advancements and in placements.
0: It's a total soul searching thing to realize that you can make a handsome profit to meet your expectations and still treat people with care respect and a great work environment you just have to sit and do that
4: and even if That's, the uh, are empty, build the plan so as they as your staff help you get there
0: yeah the oh yeah it's
4: exactly
3: i think it's we're asking it's we're looking at micro solutions at a macro problem i don't know
0: i don't know from a labor perspective
3: what lingers
0: in my mind and melissa's touched on this is that the employees felt abandoned. The government was doing all kinds of things to help people, help the hotels, hope the restaurants. But, you know, they come back and say, why would you just lay me off after 30 years? Couldn't you have a pecking order? Couldn't you have something? Or now that you're back making money again, can't you hire me back and pay me some kind of bonus for all the time I gave you? People feel bitter and they have mm-hmm. every right to feel bitter. And okay. I, I agree. But th- we have to move past the bitterness and say, okay, how can we remake that hotel of 2025? So it's it's interesting.
1: Yeah, Peter, as you said uh, earlier, I think it's a moment for soul searching and it's a moment in, in time where the entire hospitality industry is reforming itself based on the new, completely shifted guest expectations that are different from the assumptions that we've built all of our hotels, all of our rooms, and everything around the experience on. As uh, David was mentioning, taking inspiration from the restaurant industry, our cousins in the hospitality space, we've seen that there's been rapid innovation, a huge amount of automation. You press one button on Uber Eats, and this entirely, this really complex mechanism kind of fires on the back end, and then food <laughs> shows up at your door. It's, I think they, this is our moment in the hotel industry to invent and to innovate our way out of this, as we've done in every single crisis and, and challenge in the past. And emerge stronger exactly the way that we've done and i, I want to actually start uh, wrapping up it seems like we could go for hours here because it's such a rich topic for discussion and i want to thank all of our incredible panelists for an energetic uh, and honest discussion around this topic that has not been getting enough attention in, in the media and in the hotel world in generally i do invite to kind of echo what peter said i do invite thought leaders and um management in in our space take that stance in the way that Chipotle has uh, taken to say that this is, you know, where you start, this is where you can go and make sure that, as Melissa said, that our employees and our community is our biggest asset. I do think we are a sleeping giant to kind of go back to David's point there. And uh, as JD mentioned, I do think that also, I totally agree that automation and the on-demand guest experience is exactly where the hotel of 2025 has to be and we may see that as early as 2022 next year because this change is so total and it's immediate and we as an industry have to to really innovate at this point. Just want to thank everybody for their uh, incredible contributions in this uh, in the panel. I learned a lot from each of uh, you. And I think as far as I do want to invite everybody that listened in, if you tuned in this far, I hope you enjoyed the discussion and and that you learned something as well. If you found this through a LinkedIn uh, posting, please go back to that LinkedIn posting, give us your feedback, give us your commentary on how are you seeing the hospitality staffing crisis play out from your uh, point of view and how do you see us innovating out of it? What is it that we should do as an industry in banding together And creating a better future for not just the guests, but also for the staff that are so essential to our business in a way that is sustainable and we can rely on for the decades to come in this new economy that is emerging, that is more remote work focused and on demand for everything. And separately, we just want to thank everybody for tuning into the Hotel Moment Deep Dive and encourage everybody to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We will be having more discussions like this and invite other leaders in the industry to share their perspective. So thank you everybody and have a great one and stay safe out there.